I just think he's full of SH1T at times. It's like, you know, quoting Kipling to players doesn't work with your Kipling. Probably Mr. Kipling would have been better. OTB AM, live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gillette for an effortless finish to your day. New Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. This is News Talk. Now then, you're welcome along to the show. It's Joe Malloy with you this evening. So horrific events in Texas, as we've just been hearing about again. Steve Kerr of the Golden State Warriors has, uh, not surprisingly in some respects, become one of the most prominent voices on this issue in the past 24 hours. John Gonzalez of The Ringer is going to join us around half past seven to uh, chat through all uh, aspects of this rather dreadful story. Uh, European Cup final on Saturday, Keith Wood. Liam Toland with us after 8 o'clock to preview. We will be talking to Amy Broadhurst and Lisa O'Rourke, our uh, two new world champions in boxing. They joined very select company in Kelly Harrington, Katie Taylor and Michael Conlon as world champions. That is it, just the five of them now. And also on the football show, well, it was probably around this time 20 years ago, Tommy Gorman must have been a bit nervous because he was prepping for an interview which uh, he knew would have been watched by the whole country with uh, razor-like attention. So Tommy Gorman is going to join us 20 years on from his interview with Roy Keane. Really looking forward to that conversation with Tommy uh, just after nine o'clock. I have not seen this interview in, well, precisely 20 years so um, I'm looking forward to getting his memories of it we'll play you some of the more memorable moments 53106 the text number we're at off the ball on Twitter Carl is here in studio Carl how you doing? Hi Joe Arthur O'Dee uh, with us as well Arthur hello How are you? I'm very well so uh, Tommy Gorman you were on to Tommy to book him for this piece after 9 o'clock I meant to watch the interview earlier in the day uh, but just other things conspired. So I'll, I'll find the time at some stage in the gaps here between the show as we build up to nine o'clock. But uh, what, all I did see was the Brian Dobson interview. <laughs> I mean, if it was Watergate, he couldn't have brought any more gravity to it. It was <laughs> heavy. It was, uh, I mean, it was, it was a very, very serious introduction. I mean, and, and, and you know, uh, rightly so under the circumstances, as we thought. And uh, then 35 minutes, the full interview is up on... YouTube. I don't know if you glanced back at it any time recently. Much like yourself, no. I do. So I was like everyone else. I was eleven at the time, but I distinctly. That's re- not like everyone else. No, not like everyone else. But I, like everyone else, I'm thinking back to so I was when I was at the time. Yeah. But I and I distinctly recall the the seriousness or the gravitas around this being on. Was it was it on the six one news or was it just after like six one. That, I just remember that being must have been the whole six one actually thirty five minutes, which is kind of just incredible in and of itself. It's just, but I do this. It was funny even then, kind of because I mean, you, yeah. It, as there was a few big events around that time, but something about that was just very seismic. The way it kind of engulfed everything. Mm. But um, I, I can't wait to hear what he has to say about it because it's just it's so funny. I'd love to know even from his own perspective because there's he's been involved in so many big things firsthand there and you know synonymous with all these things in modern Irish history and I'd love to know it must be what he gets asked most about mm. and it, like just because it, it's a whole new ball game you're opened up to mm. I can't wait I can't wait to hear what he has to say First question why were you doing it? Well there's that like I imagine because he was there for a start so he probably wasn't yeah. out in I think was there something that they had hung around Manchester waiting for Keane and a lot of the other journalists had gone and that 
it, it happened that way. But obviously he was going to speak to RTE if it was going to happen in terms of address, because he gave an interview to one of the English papers, I think. And yeah. Obviously he had to get across to an Irish audience as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean... It's like Tommy was getting daggers in the RTE canteen for years <laughs> afterwards. But the, the pressure that was on Tommy Gorman's shoulders as well and that... He was probably trying to sway him. Could you, any chance you could go back? You know, that sort of a way. See, I don't remember much of it. I remember at the time, and I'll watch it in, in the interim, so mm-hmm. I'll have a, a far um, better memory of it come nine o'clock. But I certainly remember at the time feeling Keane hadn't done enough to mend bridges. And certainly the sense was that, and I know this from Niall Quinn's autobiography, predominantly that certainly over in Saipan, they were waiting to hear had enough been done to mend mm. bridges. And the sense was enough hadn't been done. There hadn't been a clear apology. And, you know, Niall Quinn would talk about talking to different people and some people were saying, oh, look, he didn't say sorry, but he looked sorry. You know, <laughs> this was the level of desperation yeah. to try and uh, make things right again. But I will be curious even to ask Tommy uh, when he's on with us after nine o'clock, what was your approach? Were you trying to massage as you can in a kind of interview keen into an apology? You know, you can, you can walk someone into that territory or were you just going completely forgetting any um, uh, consequence of the interview and just trying to extract where he was? Because I do, everyone does remember Think of the Children. Mm. <laughs> now that's not the direct quote, but you know what I mean? Also, yeah, everyone does the, remember the line that's where he says, this is hurting you. And you can see Roy answers him back and he's nearly in tears. Obviously it is like. Did you think he was in tears? I think he was pretty close. I thought he was quite emotional. I remember him being rock solid. You thought? Yeah. Under the circumstances. Yeah, considering, yeah. I thought, he, I thought by Roy Keane's standards, he was quite... Mary. He was quite touched by it all. I mean, you would have to be. The yeah, level of would. pressure he was under in that he moment. Would. It's just, it's, it's amazing to think back. But look, my memory might be about, uh, slightly warped of it as well, but just reading some of the stuff in the last few days, I think the crew in Saipan thought that he was going to apologise mm, and I they were expecting right. it. Yeah, I think that's right. And that would set in, in turn the motion, the his return would, would, would give both sides away back in, I guess, and it didn't, didn't quite materialise. No, it sure didn't. There were the rumours of the government jets waiting. The theatrics the around it are incredible. Yeah. It, like it, uh, I think it's only added to it as well because it is so far away. I approached this week contemplating taking it off. That bad? Saipan. Okay. And then I found myself hoovering up a lot of it. Yeah. Jason McAteer the other morning with David Connolly and yeah. Jaron Owen was exceptionally interesting his <laughs> <is> room 101 <laughs> yeah that was funny but then he also apologised yeah I I, like, I don't know I couldn't wonder from these lads perspective as well like when so Keane's a teammate Keane's everything else yeah he's this larger than life figure I like it's interesting even it's even more interesting now because like for us he's always kind of been this I guess for the last 25 years but it's interesting now that it's taken on that extra dimension that he's now the same sort of thing seemingly in the UK that he's he's that he's he got this 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 it's just expanding out. He's he's bigger than ever. Yeah, they don't seem all that interested in Saipan though this week. No, they're well, not. No, they're not. They're not. No I don't think so. Mm. But I, look, I don't know. I it's just it is just some sort of fruitless thing we're locked in, though, isn't it? It's, it's going nowhere. Nothing's going to. Nothing ever going to come out of it though. We're never going to get any solution. We're just going to perpetually going over and back within it. We're at a point though now. Maybe I'm in the minority where. It doesn't bother anyone that much anymore, does it? No, well, it shouldn't well, bother anyone. Yeah, I think so you, you can have Tommy Gorman on and just uh, talk about this in a in a more like uh, slightly nostalgic air as opposed to grave consequences. What struck me, and 
I was quite young at the time, so it didn't quite register at that time. But the loss of a player of, of Keane's calibre, yeah. the difference that he would have made, for example, in that Spain game in the last 16 where we Ireland miss a penalty in yeah. regular time, yeah. Ian Hart misses a penalty, then we lose on, on a shootout. Yeah. Had Keane been there, you would like to think we win that match. I think that's fair, yeah. And then it's South Korea, I think, in the quarterfinals. Yeah. If memory serves. Now their You're passage thinking, through so it was definitely rigged, but uh, yeah, you'd, again, you'd fancy yeah. your chances. So yeah. definitely reflecting it's on it, it's obviously a joke. <laughs> yeah, just in case I don't know if FIFA <laughs> want to sue. FIFA have the cheek to sue us at this stage. But reflecting on it in purely football terms, if you put possibly one of the best players in the world, definitely one of the best players in the world at that time, into that Ireland team that was still was pretty good. Besides. Where do we go from there? Oh, well, now you're making me feel bad about it again. I just said we were over. Yeah, we're <laughs> sorry, lads. Don't bring up that aspect. <laughs> no one needs to dwell on that point. Yeah. But, the uh, best part of the interview was Apre Match putting out a spoof of Tommy interviewing Dunphy after <laughs> he was suspended for his tired and emotional. <laughs> Did that <laughs> popped up? Did they haven't clicked on it yet? Can we get a clip of that and play it to Tommy Mick? Okay, yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. I mean, the other thing that remembers... Oh, someone said it. Someone said it. I can still uh, see everything about that interview without ever watching it back. The plant and the Roy Keane the double plant. T-shirt yeah. look. Yeah. The double, the green T-shirt with the white collar. Yeah. <laughs> that green, that's that's embedded in there, that that's image. A statement. That's, yeah. That's a statement. He wore green. He wore green. I, yeah. <laughs> it's just, I still laugh from this perspective, from Tommy Gorman's perspective. Like, you're like, he's there doing Good Friday Agreement. There with, yeah, yeah. with the hockey in 1990, like when the EU presidency comes yeah. around, all these landmark moments. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, 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 Tommy, Tommy. They turned around on. to him and said, Tommy, you're finally ready for yeah. this. <laughs> you're ready for the big stuff. I'd be interested to know, because I presume, I'm only assuming just because of his like longevity and his own career, that he has at times interviewed plenty of big world hitters, leaders. So yeah. Hearn, certainly, I'm presuming Blair yeah. at different points. It'd be fascinating to know how it, compa- how it compared. Mm. It's just, but it's, it's just, it goes to show as well how much, how, what elemental things football particularly just touches into. That, mm. Like, I imagine it blows out of the water. Like, he must have been, what would have been the kind of comparative thing if you had Twitter at the time? Oh my God, that would have been like, insane. Like, can you imagine yeah. what his life would have become even just as a part of this? Mm. I remember watching this interview in the Stables Bar, is that right, in UL? Stables Bar? Oh, I don't know. Everyone gathered around to watch it. Exams were over and we were heading away on J1s. It was huge, capital letters. Uh, what was the, uh, what about the fans, Roy Lyon? Was that from the interview or from Apri Match? I think the, think of the children was actually in the interview. I think it definitely was, yeah. Like he didn't say, he sorry, I'm doing Tommy a disservice. <laughs> he didn't say, well, nobody think of the children, but it there was, was a degree of, yeah. let's just acknowledge for a moment, the gravity of your decision to walk away. There are children here looking forward to the World Cup. The whole country's th- talking about this. That was the point. Somebody says, Aroy was definitely emotional. It's hurting you. This was such brilliant interviewing. No real question. No extra words. Got to the heart of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's class. Yeah. I remember at the time I turned eight at the end of the summer and my birthday present there was a fantastic uh, video brought out by I don't know who, who, must have been RT or someone that had a, like mixed in the interview and the different matches from the World Cup as well I must have watched it about a million times but I feel like I was there yeah. <laughs> and I remember memorising the commentary to Matt Holland's goal against Cameroon Is this the feeder montage? Yes I think it is And they take a break in the middle and Yes and there's a song after every match Jim Beglin Maloko says Maloko's on it as there's well There's an injury and, 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 and they cut out the music and Beglin says oh it's the big toe area he's injured yeah, and there's, there's a close up of a big toe being treated That rings a bell They used to play that for years afterwards yeah, at yeah. like 
I'm a night owl. So <laughs> I'd be sitting there at two in the morning, three in the morning, pre-Twitter, like in 2005. Yeah. And it, this would come on. <laughs> and I think, am I hallucinating? Or is yeah. <laughs> I couldn't check with anyone, obviously, if this yeah. was on. But yeah. I think they kept playing that montage forever, yeah. for a good while afterwards. Yeah, I watched that video millions of times feeder I saw feeder supporting the stereophonics it's a different era Arthur you wouldn't understand <laughs> it's a different time where was that it's a different time the point <laughs> okay naturally uh, we have to press on then so the news round it's brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day Call. you're starting with Stephen Kenny who was talking today to the media yeah that's right the Ireland squad announced ahead of the Nations League games uh, next month and Michael Obafemi is back in the Republic of Ireland squad the Swansea striker won his only cap in 2018 but he's included on the back of impressive form at club level defender side Christie also returns, while two players receive their first senior call-ups, 19-year-old Festy Ebiselli, who leaves Derby County for Udinese this summer, and Blackpool winner, winger CJ Hamilton have both been included. Spurs' Matt Doherty is ruled out through injury. Arnold, of course, play Armenia, Scotland and Ukraine next month. They start away to Armenia on Saturday week. And speaking about Obafemi's return, manager Stephen Kenny said that he has watched his form with interest. Yeah, I've been to Swansea a few times, obviously, because we have Michael Obafemi there and Sardis Christie and Ryan Manning um, playing together. And it's the first time in his career, Michael, that he's had consecutive, a run of consecutive games. And it's very hard for, for young players in the Premier League to get that. Uh, just the standard's so high and squads are so big. So they moved to Swansea, which is a great club and a great platform to really do well in in the Championship. And you can see, you can see really. The improvement in his play. I've seen th- I've seen him do aspects of his play that I hadn't seen previously with Swansea. His hold of play has really come on well, and he's uh, shown great football intelligence, aligned to the speed that he's, he's got, the natural speed he's got. So the performance I've seen recently from Swansea are better than I've ever seen from him. So um, his rate of improvement has been very high, and um, obviously 12 doesn't take penalties, and he scored 12 goals in 16 games. So he's done very well. Yeah, very positive. Now, live football this evening, Jose Mourinho poised to retake his rightful place. Yeah, the first Europa Conference League final takes place this evening in Albania. Serie A club Roma with Jose Mourinho at the helm, of course, take on Feyenoord of the Dutch top flight. Kickoff for that game is at 8 o'clock and Mourinho, of course, can extend his perfect record in European Cup finals if he leads Roma to success. The Portuguese won all four of his major European showpieces to date, but has been keen to emphasise it's not about him as he distanced himself from the nickname, nickname, the special one. Players, myself, staff, everyone is our moment. It's not the moment of, of an individual. And as I was saying, there is nothing special to be done. It's just us to be us. Has the Europa Conference League caught anyone's eye over the last couple of months? Yeah, I think I it think has. Especially the semi-finals, kind of. Well, if you look at Mourinho's reaction after the semi-final, I mean, it was like the biggest thing that had ever happened to him. Um, he was in tears, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, so... He seems... It's very hard with him, though, because it's very hard to know what's true and what's not. Yeah. But, like, he seems, for all intents and purposes, to have found some sort of a home there. I, like... I don't know, though. You know what I mean? Like, it could drop and... He could leave any time he wants, and he, all of a sudden it's all over and it goes up in flames. I think the tears are purely performative. He can just put them on and off. <laughs> I think it means a lot to him to be doing well again, because I'm sure his confidence yeah. is shaken. But there is a degree of the theatrics after the semi-final win milking it cameras on me just a reminder to European football at large I'm still a winner I'm still competing here at the European level sure it's the Europa Conference League but look at me he's going to win the set now he's going to have it all 
Yeah. The only manager to do so. <laughs> it's not the order you'd want necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. You'd rather build. Wouldn't you? You'd rather build up. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think Guardiola's tears were performative? No. So what's the, well, what? Like, so what's the difference? Why? Why? Well, I think Guardiola was genuinely, uh, you know, stressed to within an inch of his life and had the disappointment of the Champions League, had almost screwed up on the final day of the season with his team selection, had, had tasted defeat, was, was, was like looking over the precipice as he was slumped in his seat mm. and then the three goals go in and the final whistle goes and the fans are coming onto the pitch and I think it's like delayed shock almost. It's just overwhelming. Whereas I think Jose is like... <coughs> full time here we go everyone <laughs> where is he in relation to the precipice <laughs> where's Jose nowhere near the precipice that's why the tears are like, there's no, there is no precipice for him he's already he's gone he's crossed the precipice he's in bonus territory here and this is a beautiful bonus I, I just I'm, I'm yeah. not saying he wasn't happy to win the semi-final of I'm course the tears the, the tears I'm not the special one anymore what's I don't even know what to say anymore it's the rebrand yeah, yeah the rebrand it is. yeah Look, as he might say himself, come back to me when you've won a Europa Conference League yourself. And I haven't. So I acknowledge no, that point. Nobody has. Yeah. So Irish boxers then? Yeah, John Paul Hale is through to the last eight in the lightweight division at the Men's European Championships in Armenia. He earned a 3-2 th- victory over Finnish third seed Arslan Kantayev earlier today. Featherweight Adam, Adam Hessian is out. He suffered a split decision defeat to Vassal Oosteroy of Belgium today. And earlier th- this afternoon in the afternoon session, middleweight Gabriel Dawson and flyweight Sean Murray both advanced to their respective of quarterfinals. Just to say, after Wednesday Night Rugby this evening, we are belatedly, we were trying to get them earlier in the week and things didn't quite work out, but we certainly wanted to get them on the show one way or another because Amy Broadhurst and Lisa O'Rourke, as you saw last week, uh, world champions now. It was Katie Taylor, it was Kelly Harrington, it was Michael Conlon, and now Broadhurst and O'Rourke have joined the list. So Amy Broadhurst from Dundalk, Lisa O'Rourke from Roscommon, sister of Aoife, obviously, so don't mess with that family. Uh, Lisa by the way, is just 20. So Amy Broder's 25 and been pushing for a while now. Lisa's just 20. So you think she started boxing when her sister sort of half said to her, if you want to keep foot for foot, she plays for Roscommon, footballers as well. Mm. You want to keep fit, why don't you come down and do a bit of boxing? When she was 14. So six years later, she's the world champion. That's unbelievable. And it's even, even I don't know whether they heard last week or whatever, and fact like she hasn't really much experience obviously to speak of in terms of no no she was turning up hoping she won a fight was this her first world championships Mm. I don't think she's won even an elite Irish title yet I just I mean to go in six years to do that is is quite something the uh, the other example actually I just came across it recently I was watching a Nick Faldo interview of course and uh, (laughs) it was a Saturday night what would you what else could I be doing (laughs) and Faldo was saying Faldo like a new one or an old one yeah, medium okay. and he was <laughs> this YouTube you know I'm about to watch a 20 year old interview with Tommy Gorman and Roy Keane and no that's fair that's fair but Faldo was from uh, humble enough beginnings golf very expensive yeah, council house had no access to golf whatsoever got a set of clubs and not a full set when he was 14 and went out in the grassy area in front of his house and just and I can relate to this I'm not to most of the Faldo story, but just found the, like the artistry and the, and the different shots you can hit and the different lies. Just found himself experimenting. So he did that at 14. Six years later, he was taking down Tom Watson in the singles of the Ryder Cup at 20. That's I, something. 
I know nothing about Stroll. Stroll. And that, that was Watson yeah. in 77 who'd beaten Nicholas in, at Turnbury in the, the duel of the... What was the duel of the... Duel in the sun. Duel in the sun. I was in the duel of the suns. Stenson Mickelson. <laughs> Do you, in it? You know yourself. <laughs> uh, but in six years, 14. That's and then he's taken down Watson, peak Watson. And tell me, like, is that completely the outliers I know it's a little bit like Ballesteros no, sorry, it's background not, it's, is similar it's it? not completely the outlier Ballesteros yeah uh, teaching himself with just a three iron it's probably the reason he was so good because he had to get loft on a three iron out of yeah. sand but there's there's loads of examples amazing examples uh, Mick you can double check it out there but I think um, Larry Nelson uh, took up golf in his early 20s after being in Vietnam to help with the stress of it all and I think he had broken par within three or four months right and went on to win majors right and took so took it up in his 20s to just you know I think uh, there are courses for the armed forces around the states I think Tiger Woods' father that's how he was that how, he, okay. how he was a member of a golf course and so Nelson did that and then um, won majors so taking it up in your 20s and winning majors is pretty unique so what 21 years old Mix just checked he took it up at 21 that's that doesn't really that that's completely I suppose an anomaly for any talent. kind of sport. It's yeah, it's just. Talent. Yeah. But what I wonder what that is. Talent. Yeah, I know, but a talent for what? Like, and not golf. Not, yeah, talent for golf. <laughs> <laughs> but what particular things? Surely they could have been harnessed for anything. Swinging a club. <laughs> putts. Holding putts. Uh, what particular things? I don't know. It's just. Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> well, I mean, like, so if he'd taken up tennis, hockey, tennis, whatever, Unlikely. is it just? I just wonder, I'm kind of, it's, we're probably getting into that tough enough um, or heavy scientific yeah. thing there. Well, you probably have certain traits that are suited to the sports you've taken up. Yeah. You obviously had a propensity yeah. for it, but like, hell of a propensity. Like, well, that's, yeah, like, it's get from 21 to world class. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just doesn't, it doesn't really happen mm. at all. It feels like some, a Malcolm Gladwell chapter, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I was thinking of. Um, but anyway. Lisa O'Rourke took a boxing at 14, world champion at 20. She's going to join us, as will Amy Broadhurst. And that's coming up after Wednesday Night Rugby, maybe about 20 to 9 or so. And we'll go to the French Open next. World number one, Novak Djokovic, is through to the third round. The Serb beat Alex Molchan in straight sets at Roland Garros earlier today. Third seed, Alexander Zverev, came from two sets down to beat Argentina's Sebastian Baez. 13-time champion, Rafa Nadal, plays Corentin Mute of France this evening. Maria Sakkari, the Greek fourth seed, is out of the women's singles. She suffered defeat to Carolina Makova earlier today. And Emma Raducanu lost her second round match in three sets to Alexandra Sasnovic. There's a few texts in. Keen obviously in this interview said, "Take me back with incredulity." Did he? As in, so did uh, mix not in. So uh, presumably it was put to him, take "Would you go back, back if, if the team w- were willing to take you back?" Kind of a thing. Okay, and then he started saying, "Take me back, take, take me, me back, back. <laughs> take me back." Someone says, "Lads, real in the year is greatest moment." Somebody else says, "Putting on my best Cork accent, take me back." Top TV also. Apre match don't get enough credit for how quickly they would turn around the sketches literally ripping the proverbial five minutes after the panel had finished amazing since the texture I mean Apre match it was unrivaled truly genius yeah and then one of those complete like, again it's one of those probably one of those things that happens in some form or other in a lot of countries but by the same token probably isn't done 
nearly half as well in any. It's just one of those things that's kind of complete. It's a completely unique kind yeah. of natural thing that sprouted up out of somewhere and where else would you get uh, after a match taken over the third and fourth place playoff no, I mean that that's just <laughs> that's just world class how many of us turned off so when impressive. the match started yeah, yeah. I set my it's alarm just, for 46 minutes yeah. time I mean that's oh, a stroke marginal. of genius yeah just unbelievable what an amazing uh, quirk as well that like uh, probably the most vivid sports panel punditry panel yeah. in the history of television let alone just Ireland happened to coincide with that very match so it's like it, your geniuses your geniuses you get to feed off each other yeah. and we get to watch this for 20 years Yeah, <laughs> just taking it yeah where do you go with like that's kind of their own parodiable in certain way that panel like and they're such strong four such strong oh, characters it's amazing like Imagine when we're in a room where John Giles could be seen as the ch- the quiet one. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, you couldn't. There's there's no superlative for Apri match that you could. Oh no, well that would be that going again. too far, you know. And and they would so often they would react. Not so often, but on occasion they would react to what had just happened. Yeah, yeah. It's they just could, they do it live some nights for sure. Oh, you know, and yeah. when they see when the crack, when the smiles are cracking and everything like, and it's just, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. yeah what the ones even where they overdub the lads in oh, the studio, yeah. quality, <laughs> yes, yeah. quality. Oh man, and even some of the stuff which I, you know, like I don't know if um, the Joe Duffy's was everyone's cup of tea, but she's. <laughs> there was a DVD one year and the Joe Duffy's featured prominently do you, do you know what that one is? Vaguely. the three of them addressed it was Joe Duffy oh, I remember Mick talking about this <laughs> no kidding <laughs> yeah. the three of them addressed it was Joe Duffy and they'd be sitting beside each other and every anecdote would start with there was a woman there who called into the show she's from <laughs> from Clontarf she's always from Clontarf you know and the uh, Clontarf thing rings a bell and he yeah. would always he would tell the other yeah. two the story they'd stay as Joe Duffy and he'd be like oh and she had a cat you know and the cat used to talk to her he talked to her didn't he? and they just keep <laughs> <laughs> going <laughs> oh dear one distinctly sticks in my mind good times all the time and I just remember it was one of those things where it was I think it was shortly after Pat Kenny had joined News Talk and where whatever the show where it corresponded at 12 o'clock where he just stopped where the Angelus would have played <laughs> <laughs> he just goes whatever the frenzied thing coming from the booth <laughs> just I don't know why it just stuck with me yeah incredible so perceptive if you're just tuning in by the way sorry how we got on to all this <laughs> is at 9 o'clock we're going to talk to Tommy Gorman who 20 years ago was uh, on the cusp of interviewing Roy Keane. I suspect feeling pretty nervous about this time 20 years ago. Carl, do you want to give us a very last quick story? Yeah, uh, Liverpool forward Mo Salah says he'll still be at Liverpool next season but isn't thinking about his contract after until this weekend's uh, Champions League final against Real Madrid with just a year remaining on his current deal. Chairman Tom Werner says uh, he has a desire to keep the joint Premier League Golden Boot winner at the club. Salah says, though, he's not being selfish with such a big game ahead. In my mind, I, I don't focus about the contract at the moment. It's uh, I don't want to be selfish at all. I, I even said about that like uh, two months ago or one month ago. It's it's about the team now. It's a really important week for us. Uh, I can say um, I'm just focused with the team. I want uh, I want uh, win the Champions League again. I want to see Hendo having the trophy again in his hand and hopefully give it to me after. <laughs> um, I'm just focused with the team, really. I don't want to talk about the contract now because it's like we have a long time. I have, I'm staying next season for sure. <laughs> That's clear. Uh, I'm staying next season, so uh, let's see after that. And Jurgen Klopp was saying Thiago 
Well, he was going to train today uh, that he's in surprisingly good shape with an Achilles problem, of course. He was taken off at the weekend as well, so he was due to train today, so could well come into the mix. And Fabinho was understood to be back in some sort of light training today as well, so they could be in the mix for the weekend. Okay, very good. I just see a text in. At the heart of that panel was Bill O'Hurley, gone seven years today. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow, seven years. Sadly missed. The master. Ah, yeah, the master. Unbelievable. I can still remember doing the piece seven years ago today. We certainly had Gary O'Toole on and he was fantastic. That's a great idea. He was brilliant. And I think Giles was on, as you might imagine. And I think Declan Lynch from the Sunday Independent was on and Declan was just making the point, weren't we lucky that when the Irish team were so good, we also had Bill who was so good. Like again, this something in the ether. Yeah, yeah. Soonest was on as well. That's right. Yeah, Soonest came on as well, actually, that day. Seven years ago today. Wow. You're so remarkably gifted. Yeah. Unparalleled, yeah. Fellas, we are out of time. Carl, thank you. Thanks, Joe. Arthur, thanks very much. No, but at all.